0: Hello and welcome to season two of Three Rings Warrior podcast. This season, I bring you the experiences and transformational stories of everyday women making uncommon decisions to change their lives and the lives of those around them. Hey, welcome to Three Rings Warrior podcast, it's Jocelyn, and today I am thrilled to have with us Katia Bejeda, I'm going to mess that up, I'm so sorry, (laughs) and she is a coach, and she is, has, I love her theme, is, is it really possible to live life with inner peace hope and joy. And she's going to tell us a little bit about herself and also about some a challenge she's got coming up later on. Um but first of all, Katya, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. So, first of all, I want to thank you for these. I am, I feel honored to be part of uh, this warrior <laughs> that is three rings. <laughs> and uh, and also thank you for you that is watching. That's uh, that's why we do this, right? We go through life and things happen to all of us and then we take our experience and uh, I don't want people go through what I did mm. right so I want to share just fast, fast forward and make it faster for you if you're going through things similar to mine so we, you can you don't need to go through all these steps you can just get some of the results I got and uh, yeah that's, uh, that's a a pleasure and the honor to be here in front of you guys
0: i love that i know and exactly that's why we do the podcast that's why we do what we do in self-education and whatever we do what our passion is we don't want other people to experience what we did if that's not their journey <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know what let's just get right into your story katya what led you what was your story what what did you go through that led you into wanting to do this kind of work yeah so i think that besides uh, b- besides
1: everything it's uh, i went through my personal experiences that was very hard since i was a very very little mm. so lots of trauma lots of abuse lots of things that i i went through that uh, made me feel shut down and uh, and uh, and i was looking for healing for myself Mm. And I think that because of my history, I end up being a physical therapist. Mm. And my passion was always neurology. So I was exposed when I was 17, that I entered the, to the university, to pain. Physical pain, emotional pain, abuse, uh, le- like hopeless, right? Nice. Everything. And uh, spiritual pain as well. So yeah. I was very young and I could just... Uh, identify my pain that was totally different right but there was the the essence was how go through that that seems impossible to smile again seems Mm. impossible to get my pieces and glue together and stand up and continue so many moments of my life I went through this and then I am in front of so many people going through that so I was just learning more and more Um, methods and uh, SPT, right? I was just learning to help them, but I also started finding some holistic modalities that was helping both of us. Wow. And the, my journey was: I came to the United States, and then I was I want to be PT, but uh, life just presented me Pilates, and I was <laughs> working with other other clientele, and I became a hypnotherapist and a coach. So it's just uh, life was unfolding in a way that uh, it was not me picking. At a certain point, was not just presented to me, and then it was like, wow, this is. This is so awesome. I, I need that. And it will help my clients. So I'd like to say that I have a Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> it's like everything I learned, I put that. So when my clients need a boop, boop. <laughs> so yeah. So at a certain point, I was like, I I if I could cut all the pain of the world, that's uh, my, true, my true hope, my true wish. If I had the power to just... Uh, avoid pain for people, yeah. physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, um, I, I, I would. Yeah. And uh, I do in my one person at a time or a little group at a time. And, uh, and that's, uh, that makes me so happy when I see that the person is getting the shortcut. They don't need to go through what I went through and or they are in a very deep down moment. And they can see the light for themselves. And they can just get my flashlight. And so, come, come that's, that's one of the paths, right? right. So come, I can give my hands to you. So that's, that's is it's it's, it's uh, identifying my pain with other people's pain. Right. Understanding from within, right? Trauma, right. use, and uh, suffering. And, uh, and relating to that. Not in a pity. But in a way that, uh, let me see. I, I think I can help you. I I I feel that I can. I can give you a little a little hint. So
0: that that's beautiful. And you know, yeah, the, just the um, idea of. You know your experience whatever you went through not only was it just your experience that connects you to other people but all the tools in your toolbox in your mary poppins bag you know that just so connects with us this is a total side note but with my kids when they were little they loved mary poppins we would i mean that videotape just got destroyed it was watched so much but we ended up having a saying when somebody was down smile be happy be mary poppins and so (laughs) we still use it today it's kind of this this you know meme as we might say here and you know nowadays but you know it was just a thing we said but it's so true it's like she always had a tool to fix the situation of what was going on uh i was i'm wondering would you be willing to share a little bit about your story about what you went through would that be okay so i i uh,
1: since i was a very little um, my parents uh, uh, were not getting along. And I was kind of uh, uh, the punching bag. And for one of my parents, I was literally the punching oh. bag. So it was lots of physical abuse. Right. And then uh, because uh, uh, my mom was uh, pregnant when she got married and uh, it was very different and very uh, um, like a rare in that community I used to live. Uh, I was bullied my entire childhood, and being a little chubby, it didn't help, right? Because then I was always the the recipient of Mm bullying, and um, and I had one of a a very close person of the family that uh, was always trying to molest me and uh, be too, too sexual when I was little, and the things just went this way, right? So I was living with one aunt and one other uncle, and uh, so I was because my my parents got divorced. I was three, and uh, and then I when I was finally going to my mom's house, I was so happy. She put me in a in a board school, oh. so it was one thing after the other, you know. And uh, and and uh, I was with if, with my. Uh, little heart and as a little girl, I was trying to cope the best I could, but it was one thing, I was just bumping, right, and uh, trying to survive. That was, uh, that trying to survive was my my motto, right, so I, I need to go through this day. Of course, there were lots of uh, great moments, but uh, the experience when they are hard and when we are kids are, are hard. And then it's just uh, my mom got in coma for two years when I was uh, older, and it was uh, hard for me, but uh, that's the one key, Jocelyn, is that uh, at that point, I was a red adult, I was able to forgive. Mm. I had already become best friend of hers. Wow. And uh, that's, that enters the spiritual portion of the work I do, mm-hmm. that uh, the forgiveness and uh, uh, the understanding our responsibility in the suffering. So I understood, even though I was a kid, I could have done different. I could have run instead of staying to be spanked. I could, you know. And we only can heal when we take that it's a bitzy of the responsibility, because when you're a victim, and I was a victim for many years, decades of my life. Mm. I was the victim. Hey, I have all the, the story, the reasons, everything. It's not even the excuses because I went th- through that. Yeah. But once I started with my therapies and I was like, okay, how can a seven years old uh, be responsible when the mother beat me with a very wide leather uh, uh, belt, but she got the, the cruelty of doing with the... The, the, the metal part, not the, the leather part. Mm. So, and then she passed out. She beat me so much. She passed out. And I had difficulty to understand what's my part on that. Right. I am the victim here. Right. And when I say my experience and you were listening and you're watching, just take yours. That's like, I was seven. I could have been in the bathroom and locked the door. -hmm. I could run door out and ask for the neighbors to to help me. I could have done something. So when you get that little anchor, and you find that there is a little zero 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 point zero 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 one percentage of I could have done a little thing. You can take that little portion of responsibility, and in that moment, you flip. From victim to find ways to heal. Mm. While you are whatever it is in feeling depressed or physical pain or emotional or trauma or or abandonment, or, oh, tell me, I went through many of them. I didn't go through all the pain of the world, thank God, but I went through many. So I I can relate, and if I can't relate, I I can be compassionate enough. To see that uh, you can find a little bit of responsibility in what's happening or happened to you and once you get that you anchor your flag of victory because if you stay just to think the world is bad she did he did them did it won't help you and that's when i learned that i can flip the coin and find ways to heal myself and then the hardest part, Jocelyn, to forgive. Right. It's the hardest one, but there are ways that we can soften massaging our hearts, little by little, <laughs> very slowly, with care and love and forgiveness for ourselves. And you go and we find ways to forgive. We don't need to become best friends of the people that hurt us, but we can take that heavy weight from our shoulders and our heart.
0: I wanna I wanna touch on what you said a little bit about responsibility because for somebody that has experienced trauma, like you have, like I have. That, that aspect of responsibility, I, when I've mentioned this before, it comes up against a lot of resistance sometimes. Um, and people are like, what am I? I'm not responsible, you know, like sexual abuse. How am I responsible? But it's not so much that you're saying, I take responsibility for what happened. You're taking responsibility mentally and emotionally so that that person doesn't have power over you. So that event doesn't have power over you. By, by whatever means that you decide and this is just one tool of of taking responsibility. Um, It it shifts from that person having done something to you or that event having happened to you, to you saying, no, this is part of my life experience. This is part of who I am and I get to use this. For, For me, the way that I was able to do that with responsibility as I chose to see this as a gift and I get a resistance with that terminology all the time too. This event was a gift in my life so that I can connect with other people so I can so I could go through all this development that I've gone through so I can be the person I am today so I can be loving and caring so I can understand this process but it was a sense it is absolutely saying I am responsible for how this how I interpret this event in my life um and and it goes back to what you said you Say in your in your thing, um, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. We do we have these pains happen to us, but we don't have to choose to suffer it. Um, and I, I just wanted to clarify that for anybody listening who might have suddenly like got their hackles up just a little bit with that idea of taking responsibility. You are not saying that that other person didn't have responsibility. You're not saying that what they did was bad and their behavior was not the right behavior. That's their journey. And we have no idea what they end up. I mean, as your mom, you said, your mom ended up, ended up being in a coma for two years. We don't know what the, the consequences for somebody else would be be, but we don't have to take responsibility for that consequence. We can just choose to be responsible for our own lives and how we interpret those events. Does, is that kind of what you, you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is
1: one thing, the resistance goes on the my understanding like this. Uh, there is people that are really willing to heal, mm. right? There has to, in a certain moment, Something inside has to be tired of being tired and sick of being sick of suffering.
0: Yeah.
1: If this doesn't happen, this moment of you realize that enough is enough, I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Enough is enough, I can't handle this anymore. Mm-hmm. But instead of going down, you say, hey, let me grab here the edges of the wheel and I want to go there. I don't want to release and go down. Right. So this is a decision. This is a choice. That's why I like that quote. Because suffering is a choice. Uh, and uh, we can choose to be suffering for the rest of our, our lives. As consequence of what whatever happened to us. Or we can flip the coin and say, do you know what? Whatever happened, happened. Whoever did what did, they did. But I can free myself and embrace life, the rest of life I have, and be hopeful, and have joy in life, and be happy. So, that's, that's the thing, but you have to be willing to, because if you are there in the well, and you say, no, I think I will go a little bit more down, I'm going a little bit more, it's an option, yeah. and uh, we all respect the, the option, so, what sometimes we call resistance, and I have so many, so many times, it's just the position we have of saying no to possibilities. Mm-hmm. If I don't see any possibility of getting out of where I am, if I am saying no to my bright future and I want to stay there for whatever reasons, and there are reasons, some people that I met throughout my life, the pain is the only companion. Mm. When they understand that, that the pain, they can use the the situation they are hurting to call attention to to whatever it is, different people, different uh, uh, tools, right? Different processes, different ways of behavior. But when you understand how this is serving me, Mm. how this pain is serving me, I, at a certain point, I liked to be the pity, pity one, mm-hmm. Do you know, because then it was the only way people pay attention on me, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was bully, I was this, I was fat, I was that, my parents were divorced, and the, my mom got pregnant, so it was so many things, so being under pity was like, as a kid, it's like, wow, this is a great advantage, people, just pass the handle on my hair, they give me gifts, they hug me, so it was a way I found to be loved, all right. crooked, but that's, I was a kid, and then I was using this in the future as well, until I got the way to being bright, as a student, so I could flip the coin and go, instead of being calling attention for these negative things, I can really have the center of attention of my family or whoever I wanna, being bright at school and doing other things. So I found, as a kid, I found my way. And uh, and with all these tools, we can, as as you did too, we can get some and help, oh, you're going through this, for this reason. So I have these kind of tools for you. Let's experience that. Let's see how your body, your physiology, how your mind, your soul, and your heart can deal with this under this perspective. Right? So it's like you see a vase of flower in the middle of a, of a, of a room. I'm seeing from here I see lots of pink so for me all the flowers are pink but the person is in the other side they Mm. are seeing only purple and Mm. they say but there's no purple here so but it is purple so when I get out of my place of seeing all flowers pink and I go around and just be in their shoes and help them to see that uh, the vase is circular and there are so many other ways to see That's the first step. There is the to have the willing first, right? No,
0: that you 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 had a so several really good points here. And I, I want to, I'm going to go to the resistance part just a little bit, because mm-hmm. when you're talking about that idea of utilizing behavior that is supporting the, the past victimization and all that kind of stuff, what what we would say behavior, that's not serving us, um, or events that aren't the way we're seeing it, not serving us. Um, we're not doing that consciously, right? We, it's something that we just went through and we, and in our, um, uh, subconscious mind, uh, we got the pat on the head. We got that it's okay. we got Got the love and connection that we wanted to get and so we we continued that path and the resistance people may be feeling to that idea of taking responsibility is almost that resistance to letting go of that uh subconscious way of getting the love and connection because it means that that almost dies away or goes down into the background or fades away, while you have to take that effort to find those other tools and put those into place, which can also be scary um, to, to, the, to, do, to do those kinds of changes. So if you're feeling resistance to this, that might be an indication that maybe this, it is time to see the flowers on the other side of the vase, that maybe there is a different way that is set will set you free from that moving back into those places that make you feel bad. If it's not making you feel light and free and celebrating life. Like for me, many times I used to wake up in the morning and the first thing I would feel is dread. Just dread about the day is as how's it going to happen? And when I just started, like you said, taking responsibility, utilizing these tools, changing and shifting my life, then you know, I've come to the place where I still will on occasion wake up that way and I use my tools <laughs> to get me into a better place. But, you know, I decided I I liked feeling happy and I liked feeling like anticipating the day, and I liked feeling so cel- like it's a celebration. And so once we taste that. And we start to taste that just a little bit, then we start to make bigger and bigger shifts in that direction. We can still slide back, you know, back and then, but it's like, wait, I, I remember what that felt like. I, and I wanna go that way. I wanna come out of the well, like you said, and not slide back down.
1: And, uh, you know, Jocelyn, sometimes what happens is uh, because some people get in pain, any pain, physical, emotional, uh, mental, uh, spiritual pain for such a long time, mm. that's familiar. Mm. I know how to deal inside my box of suffering. Mm. I know that, I know how to deal, and I can take it. Mm. So some people I met in my life is that oh, I can take it, Katya, because they they are afraid of uh, Doing all this work because hey, it's work. There, it's not like a yeah. magic wand. It's work, emotional work, and the steps to 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 give right. Yeah. But people, some people, they are so like uh, in their area of. Uh, I don't like to say comfort zone because it's so much suffering. Yeah, as a match with comfort, right?
0: Familiarities,
1: but, so. but it's familiar. So they are afraid of they do they go through the work and when they open something will happen again and they will get hurt. Mm-hmm. But so protective. So that's why sometimes the what people call resistance. Uh, it's not. It's it's something that we build in the beginning to protect right. that wall. Like, brick by brick, we do like, oh, I can't do this close to these people. I have to pay attention on that, right? So you just go to protect, and then it becomes your own prison. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a cage. It's a jail for you. Mm -hmm. And we don't notice. We still think that this, like, space, the small space we create around us is cushion. It's a little cushion. So I I am protected and nothing will happen worse than what happened in the past. Right. and uh, it's a belief. It's uh, something that uh, so for some people is very strong, and uh, we always I always pray to God that uh, people just open up, as you said, a little window and see that outside that wall, mm. that brick wall that got a thicker and thicker with uh, as time went by and they see that there is something very interesting like kids look life right, right. Get curious just be curious again with what is out there out my box of uh, of uh, protection that I created that are actually strangling me mm. it's just uh, just putting me without much movement in life so i don't go there i don't do this i say no for when people invite right i so and then if you just do if i can do a little window i go with my finger do like this (laughs) right if the person uh, asking and give permission i said can you just step here and then i goes like there is something there, what do you see, I know what it is, because I am outside too, right, but I go there from the other side of the vase, inside of their box, because I was there once, so I know how to be in that very tough place, it can even breathe, right, and then it's like, look, come here, can you see something, there is anything that. and then sometimes this is the beginning. So there is not a sentence, right? It's not a judge giving you a sentence that once you are in this place, you will never leave, right? The willingness has to happen. Otherwise you don't even invite right. a coach or a therapist or right, a best friend to go inside. And that's one thing, Jocelyn, that is, uh, it worries me a lot. And uh, it's one of the causes that I feel so strongly uh, uh, connected is the suicide mm. because people get so close in those box and they don't see the light anymore yep. and I'm not even talking about the spiritual light I'm talking about the light of life right. you know the, it's the, the build to protect and then they are smiling they are dealing with everybody nobody even know what's going on inside how dangerous it is Knowing that there is so much out here that the person can take the risk, just take the risk to smile again, take the risk to look in that little hole I made in the wall for them, take the risk to get the hand and just go not too far but a little bit away of those walls and then have a possibility of being alive as real. and the and but I, I see people with depression not sometimes clinical because clinical depression it's not a case for a coach right it's very clear to me right a yeah. clinical depression is a doctor psychologist it's another area right yeah. and the suicidal people it's the same they have to have their their uh, team of professionals that are just uh, holding hands and pulling them out of that uh, that situation, but we can talk, right? We can't be the only professional, but we can talk and show that uh, there is something, there is a possibility of something better. Once they believe that uh, there is a little tiny possibility of uh, breathe better, of uh, don't feel that pain anymore. Wow, we have a person that we can help to be alive. And this really moves me tremendously. Yes. That was the fact we can give in people's life, right?
0: that's huge yeah giving people back their life and and just so much so much was coming up as you as you were talking because there were moments that well one specific moment in my life um, when I was in my abusive marriage and because I was so trapped both physically I felt trapped but mentally I was trapped I I there were times where I tried to leave and I got so scared that he was going to come after me and harm me and harm the kids that I went back I couldn't I couldn't do it um and I then just Went so internal to myself, I, I went into a bathroom. And I apologize for everybody. This is a trigger thing, and I understand that. But this is also how we get out of the things that by talking about it and realizing you're not alone and that we all, that many of us go through these things. Um, but I went into a bathroom with a bottle full of pills that I had and I was going to take them. And the only thing that stopped me was I knew my kids were out there. And there's no way I, I realized that there's no way I could I could do that to them. Um, and so I ended up going into a hospital for, for a week or so. And and, and they didn't understand understand the words I was saying and what I was going through. And because I, it's so scary to, to let people into that world, because we're already, we're not only getting the abuse from other people, but we're abusing ourselves at the same time with I'm bad for doing this. I'm bad because this is happening to me. I'm, you know, all these things. When it, it, that's not the 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 helpful mindset. But they weren't understanding the words I was using, uh, it clearly enough to understand what I was trying to tell them. But you know, so that but that was still my journey to go through all that. Um, and really, when he ended up coming to me for a divorce, because he was he went to he he um had decided that he wanted to be with an old girlfriend. It's kind of funny how. Men set me free in, in, by going with other people. And it's like, okay, you know, there's still pain involved in that process. But then I was able to take that. That was almost like I, I started to see the light again. You know, I started to see that thing. And I re- started realizing myself and, and my own journey and being able to get out of there. But they have, all the doctors did was put me on medication. And so when this other thing happened, you know, I was, I was a zombie for a year. But when he, and then he left me, which was awesome. And then I took got myself off the drugs and I started using more tools. And it, definitely spirituality was one of those things that I, that I really went into that really helped me and looking deeper inside me. But it took many, many years, many years of working through that process um, because I didn't have other tools. I was only using one tool to do everything with. It's like trying to use a hammer to do everything to fix a car. And a hammer's not always gonna be, the right tool <laughs> so it took me until i started getting other tools to really understand even more about myself um but you what you talk about is so and again this isn't putting blame on ourselves and it's not and even really it's not putting blame on anybody once we realize that was their journey we have no under understanding why that person did what they did you know what they experienced in their life what was going on what mental things what biological problems all of the other kinds of things that might be happening We don't need to even know that. We just have to decide what do I want to feel? What do I want? Who do I want to be? How do I want to take and empower this event in my life versus having something that's, that's a weight on me, pulling me back down into the well.
1: Because trying to, to understand the reason of the abuser to abuse is a way to stay there. Mm. I have some clients that i coach and they are in an abused uh, abusive uh, relationship and they are young girls Mm. and uh, they are not even 30 and uh, they can't see and they they started sometimes talking to me i don't even know what happened but they started already justifying so it's a it's a way we find to stay in that for whatever reason is so the process is step by step. So we just identify what's going on first. Yeah. How you name your feelings is another thing. Do you know, mm-hmm. just, I mean Some people don't even know. I ask them, and what did you feel? How did you feel? What did you feel when he said, or she said, I don't know so it's so disconnected, because it hurts so much, yeah, doesn't even want to rationalize what was that they're feeling, but once you bring the consciousness to give it the name of the feeling and take, it's all pain, it's all hurting, okay, those hurting has names, yeah, they have names, so when you start pulling up one by one and dealing with the what the repercussion of what that person or the situation or place or boss or whoever it is is doing to you when you feel and you have to go through the feel the pain not to be crazy dying pain but (laughs) you have to give the opportunity to yourself to recognize the pain feel just enough to know what it is so when it happens again it's not in a bunch of things that you call it hurts Right, right? now, now this person is doing the same of uh, blah blah did to me. Oh, this is shame. I don't deserve to be a, a shame. Oh, this is oh this is blame. I didn't do anything that I have to apologize. No, nobody will blame me for that. So once you start just identifying this, and this is what empowers us, right? And this is part of taking responsibility. It's not, as you said very well, like it's not that the people do and they are not... No, they have total responsibility. Let's put this way. But in order to step up and heal, we need to find our part. And our part is to step up and heal. Mm. To have the desire. Once when you are telling about your abusive relationship, Jocelyn, you, once you look at yourself, there was a moment that you said enough is enough and you start trying. The willing was there, right? I, so, And then of course there was fears and the will back off. And, but that pulse, this is the pulse of life. This is what God breathed on us. It's the desire to be happy, right? To be fulfilled, to have, to enjoy life fully. Not to just let anybody or any circumstance put us down and stay there. Because why? Because we don't deserve it. Yeah. you you look at a bird a flower right at the ocean the the uh, waterfall there is perfection in the creation we are one of those yeah. there is perfection not the to be perfect ego thing but there is a perfection inside of us that is the 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 desire to be alive and to contribute and to have help people and help ourselves and and enjoy life fully So once you see that this is possible, right? I am, as a coach, I am not responsible to give anybody anything, right? There is no situation like, do me, right? Right? The client comes like, fix me, right? (laughs) There is no such a thing. But, uh, but being compassionate and having going through and being so interested in helping others and having all these tools, it's just to give, give yourself a chance. If I'm talking to you and if you, for whatever reason, doesn't matter the reason, you are feeling trapped or you're feeling you're the hamster wheel or you're feeling that you have no tools, look for the tools because they are there mm. somewhere i'm not saying that i have all the tools for everybody but there are somebody that you trust for whatever reason you watch you read you you see you you read and you you trust to just give yourself a chance to open up one possibility that your life can change for good And the time is now. The day is today. So once you have this doubt, once you're watching this, there is already something inside of you that is telling you, hey, hmm, maybe, right? Hmm, and if. So if you have fractions of seconds that you create in your mind the idea of and if, and if. There is something there for me. And if I do a little bit different. And if I'm doing the same, the same because I don't know how. I don't know other way. So, and if. So, there are lots of things out there, right? We live in a very, very abundant world in in many things. And uh, I'm sure that you will find someone, somebody, some tool, some situation, some prayer, some meditation. Doesn't matter what it is that will give you this flash of moment, that you look through that wall, and you see, huh, there is light out there, and I deserve. So, yeah, that's uh...
0: Absolutely, and, and like you said, it, it, it doesn't mean that if, if it doesn't all happen in a moment, and everything's happy, you know, that's not what happens, you know, it's this big, it's up and down, up and down, but it's always going, you know, it's always in this, I guess, this way would be the right trajectory <laughs> for my camera. It's always, it's, it's a up and down that goes up and up. And that fear of, you know, everything will be taken away from me. Everything always, you know, if I try, it'll just not work. Um, those are, I completely understand those emotions. And no matter what we do, the next five years are going to happen. And if, if we don't do something now, we're going to be in the same place we are. But if we, go and we start doing these tools, we may have things still taken away. And and that's still going to happen no matter what happens to us. But And we still have disappointment. We still will have these other kinds of emotions that come up. But we'll be able to slowly move in that trajectory upwards, um, in that up and down. And we have more and more tools to see what happens to us from a different perspective, to see the purple flowers instead of all the pink flowers, mm-hmm. and what that then means for whatever we're experiencing, um, I think you, all of that uh, is beautiful, and and and. What I would love for you to do now, if it's okay, is do you have like one, two, one or a couple tools that maybe somebody who's listening could use if they're in this place where they're wanting something, if they're wanting a tool, a little something to open up that, that brick a little bit. uh, Do you have something you could share for them?
1: Sure. sure. Um, We have lots of voices in our head and it doesn't mean that we are crazy. Right, uh, some authors call the monkey mind. Uh oh, doesn't matter the name, but uh, there is there are lots of voices because our thoughts we have from sixty to ninety thousand thoughts per day. It's overwhelming just talking. Imagine thinking all these thoughts, right? <laughs> so sixty thousand. So the authors vary a little bit in the numbers, but. Like, 1,000 was already a lot, right? 60,000 to 90,000 thoughts per day. These thoughts, they are a machine. A machine like your heartbeats, non-stop. The mind goes on and on with the script that never stops. So, first thing I want to recommend, and, and I would leave here for you, is sit quietly. And breathe. Your thoughts will come because it's the same way your heart beats, your thoughts will be thinking. Mm. And uh, what happens is sometimes we believe in our thoughts. Mm. That's a big mistake. We don't create all of these thoughts. Now, for example, I want a glass of water. I'm creating this thought of getting this glass of water. We create many thoughts throughout our days. We create lots of plans for the future. That's okay. It's thoughts that we create, we build. But most of these 90,000 bulky thoughts, they are a script that rolls on and on and on. Mostly survival thoughts. We still carry from our reptilian brain. That's a that part of our brain that was like, wow, we have to kill or to 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 live, right? It's flight or fight or freeze, right? So these thoughts continue. They remind, remind you the bill. They remind you have to call somebody. They, so the thoughts will be, but if you just quiet yourself in a place and you tell people, people, I just want a five minutes, okay? And you can breathe and just acknowledge that those thoughts are not you. And you are not those thoughts. Just a th- one minute. Three minutes. Whatever time you have. One minute, Kat. I can't do this more than that. Oh, my head Just cr- is crazy. That's okay. Just sit. Don't need music. Don't need anything. It's not a ritual.
0: Right.
1: It's a moment where you are acknowledging who you are. And then, when you are doing this, I want you pay attention. In if the thoughts are happening, they come and go. You are just breathing, paying attention in your breathing, and the thoughts come and go. And I am observing my thoughts like I am uh, watching clouds coming. Right? They go, and then another one, and I'm not grabbing any of those. I just let them go. There is a question I have for you. When you get this point, who are the thoughts and who is the observer? Who is the observer? So that's a, it, that's a moment. That's your first step towards your freedom of negative thoughts or compulsive thoughts. That's a moment of freedom when you identify these thoughts are not mine. I'm not even... Why this came to my mind right now? And vroom, vroom. And you are observing. So acknowledge there is a much bigger power that's the observer. This is your inner self. And all the thoughts and all that goes to your mind belongs to the ego self. And sometimes when we believe too much on these thoughts, and we want to go because the thoughts, because we believe in that, and we want to go, that's when we crash. Mm. Because the inner self is quiet, very soft, use a different vocabulary. And when you just let this, you will never stop thinking, okay? Don't have this illusion. But when you have, right? When you have this separation, and you give room to the observer, This is where your intuition comes. This is where the truth comes. This is where the calmness, hope, and everything good comes. Because this thought that disturbs you, makes you stressed out, makes you angry, or whatever the thoughts bring to you, they are not from the light. They are not from within. They are not part of the perfection. And once you start being a little bit more comfortable with this idea, and you start living this idea daily, your life will be transformed just doing this. Mm. And then we have uh, lots of other steps to go, right? Depending on which person. So, but these, I think it's major. And I'm not even calling meditation.
0: Right. Don't
1: call it because people already have resistance to the name of the right. No, this is so before meditation. It's just a breathing acknowledgement of who you are.
0: Yeah learning to become the observer of your mind, of your thoughts. You know, it is that for me was probably what the biggest uh, powerful tool that I learned in, in, uh, in, and it, it didn't even come out of the spirituality. I learned that sort of later, you know, and that understanding. Um, and, and really it's, it is powerful when we start to realize that not every thought we think is really what we're thinking. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And the and power of silence, Jocelyn, yeah. we don't have a silence anymore, yeah. you know, we are doing something, we have the YouTube, we have some podcast, or we have some TV show, or we have the, we don't have silence. We have
0: five of those going on at once.
1: <laughs> right? And we are doing something, and when I go to the kitchen, I grab this, and, then, and the radio is on, or the TV, and the news bombarding with only bad stuff, so we don't have silence and we need the silence to create the separation and the, be with yourself, your true self, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then become happy and find right the anxiety and all that. You start subsiding because you are understanding that it doesn't belong. When you, you are so, so attached to the thoughts of the past, mm. right? That Eckhart Tolle teaches us so beautifully. Mm. It's suffering. Suffering, my friend, is just a memory.
0: Oh, I like that. Suffering,
1: Jocelyn, is just a remembering of something that happened. Because right now, my friend, right now, you're not suffering. Right now, that's what Eckhart said. The, now, it, there is no suffering in the now. Mm. Or I'm suffering because I remember what people did to me or, or I did and I regret. Mm. And the anxiety comes from trying to predict what will happen mm. that didn't happen yet. And you are already suffering. Oh my God, I won't get on time. The plane will leave. And, and 98% of the things you predicted that will happen never happens. So you get, uh, you have anxiety about something that is not happening and won't happen anyways. So once you uh, learn how to be in the present moment and this breathing, simple breathing exercise I gave to you, will give you this moment of being in your, the presence of your present Mm moments. And then you feel, huh, yeah, so He's not doing this anymore. Why am I carrying this heavy weight? Mm. I don't know if I'll pass the test or not. Why am I already suffering? So why 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 don't I live here? Oh, Katya, it's so hard. <laughs> well, one day it was hard for you to tie your shoes. Right? And then you practice, you practice, you practice. And then one day you tie your shoes. So, right, so everything you don't know, you can call hard, difficult, but when you are willing to get to where, from where you are, to go to another place that you guess, or you are sure is much better than where you are, that's right, where there is a willing, there is a will, right, so... yes.
0: <laughs> That was I love that I think that is a beautiful tool and I um uh and I'm just I'm just enthralled with your story and and all these things that you're bringing up they're so important so important for everybody Um, if people so tell me a little bit about you have this three day challenge coming up why don't you tell us a little bit about that
1: yes so it will be a free challenge right so it will be one hour per day. And uh, it will be on June 11, 12, and 13. It's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, we will just talk about pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Exactly this. And uh, let me just change my glasses here, excuse me, so I can uh, just give you a very brief. So, in the, we will be together for one hour each day talking about the different ways we can. Empower ourselves Mm. when life gets bland, (laughs) lonely, or hopeless. Mm. So, the day one, we will shorten the distance between your heart and your mind. Mm. Sometimes this is miles away. (laughs) This distance sometimes is so many miles away. We, in our crazy life, the busy life, we are so much in our head and we are so busy entertaining ourselves with the thoughts, we forget to feel, yeah. to feel, feel, feel ourselves, feel the beauty, feel, to feel life, pulsing, life is pulsing and passing, right, mm-hmm. so, so, because of these practical things we do in our daily life, we lose touch with these precious female compass, that mm. is the intuition, And that's what I was telling you when you separate the thoughts from the moment, you your intuition starts being a little bit more. Day by day, you just start guessing right instead of being from here. So the day two, it will be escape from the tyranny of your own negative thoughts. So the negative thoughts, other day, uh, a young uh, lady told me that... uh, uh, I am the prisoner of my negative thoughts. And I was like, wow, this is so strong for a young lady say that. So uh, you will master your mind learning how to be in charge of your thoughts, not control. Don't believe you will ever control your thoughts. You don't control your heartbeat. You don't control your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. <laughs> if somebody tells this, don't believe it. It's not true. They will be coming and your heart will be beating the same way. But you can be in charge. How? Once you start separating yourself and there are some techniques that are very easy, you will see that uh, uh, you can select what you want to think. Mm. That's the key. If I have a negative thoughts that push me down, that remind me of things that I don't want to remember, and it's tormenting me, right. and I have a practice, very simple, one minute per day, that I can identify, oh, no, 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 I'm not going there. That cloud passes by, you don't grab it. It's like, no, 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 you can go. I don't want to think about this. And then your process of healing starts. Mm. because you don't, you're not dominated anymore, you're not submissive to your mind, you're not that uh, servant, that very obedient servant, no, 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 maybe some people are even slaves of Mm. their mind, no, 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 the master is you, and you will, you decide what you want to think or not, Mm. and the third day is that the body I love that I heard from a a psychiatrist uh, uh, from UK, the body whips, tear, the eyes cannot shed. Uh So so many people came to me because I'm a physical therapist and Pilates instructor, and I I actually put everything together, right, the mind, body, spirit, and the the emotions. pain sometimes a neck pain that nobody ever discover what it is mm. that's a need that hurts and stops and then hurts again it stops you're not doing much different things the doctor give you pills and sorry doctor some of you guys are very good in give you pills but you're not open to see that there are other things around right, right. so the neck the back the, and sometimes I'm not saying that you're lying about your pain. What I'm saying is that sometimes the body whips tear, the eyes cannot shed. We are so disconnected, Jocelyn, from our feelings that we just put some things over there. We don't see, we don't feel, we don't acknowledge, and then we be here. And then one day the body starts saying, hey, <laughs> hey, and this wristle is the neck pain yeah. this wristle is your lower back, your knee, your fatigue your whatever it is because your body is saying hey, there is a moment that you need to start listening to me and you need to listen to your heart and the most important of all that, Jocelyn we women around 35 to 50, okay, years old there are a lot of uh, immune diseases. Mm. They, don't have a, they, are, they don't have a known cause. Doctors, scientists, they don't know why, how, when it happens. So there is no cure because they give medicine to alleviate symptoms, but it happens on 35 and 55, 50-ish mainly in women, very high number, much bigger than women, because we hold, we don't want to bother. So all these, the the body is weeping sometimes in diseases that can take the movements of a person, can even take the life away, because they are not listening to the hearts, to the feelings. They are not giving value. We women, are not trained to give a value to ourselves. Yeah. That's why the website and all the movement that I'm uh, creating now, it's uh, Women in Power. Yeah. Not the power to fight, the, po- the inner power, the sweet power we all have that we can say what we feel, we can step of what we believe, and we have a voice. Okay. So once we start using this power... We, we can avoid all these things to happen to us and be happy, healthy, have joy, and hope that uh, in better life, better days, right? For all of us.
0: That's beautiful. And, and it's so important because you're right. Our society in the past up until now has really said, don't feel, don't be emotional. Don't, uh, don't listen to your inner knowing, you know, just not always in the words, but just in the, what we see and feel and hear in the world around us. And this movement for women and, and, and anybody to be able to express their emotions and express their feeling to say, yes, you know, I really do have these emotions. And then we can decide How do I want to feel this? Do I want to feel this? What else can I feel? And that's when the shift begins to happen. And I love your three-day event and the information for the challenge is in the information below. Thank you. If this, if you're watching this video after the challenge uh, in June of 2002, there is other links in there where you can still get in, in touch with Katya and take advantage of whatever program she's got going on right now. So there's lots of in, in ways for you to connect with Katya. And I have three last questions for you before we wrap up. Um, but before I do that, do be sure that you hit the subscribe and hit the like button. How, having you hit the subscribe and like is so important for me, and it really does help in And being able to um, have me produce these and have it being seen on YouTube. And I definitely, absolutely am so grateful for your support by hitting that subscribe button. And then do hit the bell so that you are notified when you get, when I do put a new podcast out. Um, And then, having said all that, Katya. (laughs) I already did thank you (laughs) um so if you were going to uh if there was one person you could meet past present or future who would that be person that i already know uh, no, it can be someone you don't know, it could be anybody, it could be past, present, they don't have to be in existence anymore, they can be fictionary if you want it to be. Um, so, any, any, any person that that just comes yeah. to your mind. and, and Well, walks. there are
1: many, right? Many <laughs> icons. and uh, But I
0: always say I would
1: like to meet uh, Joseph Pilates. Ah, Joseph Pilates was the creator of uh, the Pilates Method. And uh he was a genius hundred years ago wow. he created the things that uh, just uh, 20 years ago they start understanding mm. the how and why and he was so ahead of his time and uh, he died uh, without money, without acknowledgement uh, nothing of that he created has loyalty to, uh, uh loyals right for for his family so i i always uh, honor him and i teach to my clients honor and respect him but i would love to shake his hand give him a hug and thank him for the legacy i get emotional uh for the legacy that he left for all of us instructors that we made our life right we can right. bring bread to our table and clients with the uh, uh, pilates fitness and pilates clinical like i do uh, that heal people and uh, and uh, avoid injury. So he's one of my favorite people in the world.
0: That's awesome. I love that. That's beautiful. Uh, so, question number two is <laughs> what is your favorite movie?
1: Well, my favorite movie is um, uh, Peaceful Warrior.
0: I'm not as familiar. Peaceful word.
1: Warrior is a story of an Olympic champion. The, the boy, the, the, the little, it's a, it's a true story. And uh, he was a Berkeley student and he was getting ready to go to the Olympics. And he had an accident. Oh. And, uh, and uh, after this accident, he had uh, an entire trajectory of uh, healing that has lots of physical, lots of discipline, lots of changing the belief system, lots of work. And uh, love, lots of spirituality that he had to to learn, adapt, and accept in order to get to where. And he ended up—it's not—it's a true story, right? So I'm not uh, spoiling. And <laughs> he ended up fighting for his place in the Olympics, and he was able to go. But oh. he had his leg is shattered in a in a yeah, accident. So it's a little bit of the story of all of us. Maybe you don't have the physical part of your body destroyed. Maybe you're not going to Olympics, maybe, right? But we have a, something that we are, the trajectory of our life was taking as a bang, something interrupt. And uh, there is always hope that things will be better, right?
0: Oh, I love, I love that. that. I am going to have to look that up. I'm going to have to look that one up. Um, last question. If there was only one message you could leave at the end of your life, what would that message be?
1: Happiness is, I get the most. happiness is your birthright and uh, it's available and uh, it's not easy sometimes, but it's available for all of us and uh, you just need to do, to extend your arm, just reach, just get this, just get close where it is and uh, and you find it. Oh. Just a need to, to want first, to believe you deserve. That's a very important thing, right? Sometimes we don't get because we don't believe we deserve. We all deserve happiness, freedom, inner peace, and joy. And you are not different. So start. if you don't, just start being a little bit more soft with the idea. And you find it. I'm, I'm pretty sure you will. <laughs> okay.
0: I have absolutely loved our time together. You are so passionate about what you have, and you have stories that just bring me in and hold me and mesmerize me. And um, I just have, and everything you said is so on target. And I love your sit quietly and breathe tool that people can use immediately to help to start to just become the observer of their thoughts. And everything that we talked about and. Your challenge coming up on June 11th, 12th, and 13th. Again, her information is in the information below. Uh, I have just absolutely enjoyed having you on for this interview. Um, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you for having me. Absolutely. So everybody, thank you again for being here and being watching the podcast. And uh, uh, take a look at the information. Have a beautiful, beautiful day and celebrate life in sore